Welcome to Your Health To Go, brought to you by Demystifying Your Health, providing the clarity that you need. I'm Ashley Wood, registered nurse and author, your host. In each episode, we take a health topic that's important to you and break it down into easy to understand information. We also discuss the most common treatments and preventative techniques. Thank you for joining me today. Let's get started. Today's topic is sleep apnea. When you hear the term sleep apnea, you probably think of someone who snores loudly at night. Sure, this is annoying, especially for their family members, but it can be a serious medical problem. How do you know if you have sleep apnea? What can you do to treat or prevent it? Sleep apnea is when you repeatedly stop and start breathing while you're sleeping. There are three main types classified by their cause. Obstructive is the most common type and occurs when the muscles in the back of your throat relax, causing your soft palate, uvula, tonsils, tongue, and sidewalls of your throat to come close together, resulting in a narrowed opening for air to pass through when you breathe. For some people, the opening actually closes completely. Due to the restriction or lack of airflow, the oxygen level in your blood dips. Your brain senses this and briefly awakens you so that you can reopen your airway. Usually, you're not aware of this and don't remember being woken up. If someone is nearby while you're sleeping, they might say that you snort, gasp, or choke throughout the night. This pattern repeats all night long, sometimes more than 30 times an hour. Your body is unable to get the deep, restful sleep that it needs. Central sleep apnea is less common and is when your brain doesn't send signals to your breathing muscles, meaning you don't breathe for short periods of time. Complex is a combination of the two. Regardless of the cause, the symptoms are the same. Loud snoring is a symptom, but not always present. If you gasp for air while sleeping, wake up with a dry mouth, have a headache in the morning, experience insomnia, have excessive daytime sleepiness, difficulty paying attention, fatigue or irritability, then you might have sleep apnea. If family members tell you that you stop breathing at night, this is also a sign. Anyone, even children, can have sleep apnea. The risk factors for developing it are different for each type. For obstructive, if you're overweight, have a thicker neck, narrowed airway opening, are male, are elderly, have a family member with history of sleep apnea, you smoke, use alcohol or sedatives or tranquilizers, or have chronic nasal congestion, you are at increased risk. For central, if you're male, elderly, have a heart condition, use narcotic pain medication, or have a history of stroke, you're at an increased risk. For complex, it's usually a combination of factors from both obstructive and central that increases your risk. Complications of sleep apnea are usually daytime drowsiness, fatigue, irritability, quick-tempered, moody, and depressed. All of them increase your chances of falling asleep at work, while driving a car, or at any point during the day. Obviously, this can be hazardous to your physical well-being. Also, sleep apnea has significant impact on other areas of your health. The drops in oxygen levels causes increases in your blood pressure, which increases your chances of having a heart attack, stroke, or abnormal heart rhythm. Sometimes these are fatal. 
Since sleep apnea doesn't allow you to get good, restful sleep, it doesn't allow your body to perform certain functions that it normally does while you're sleeping. One of the major things your body does while you're sleeping is to regulate your glucose and insulin levels. So when it's unable to do this because of sleep apnea, you're more likely to develop insulin resistance and type 2 diabetes. These are just a few examples of the complications that can arise. There are many others. In order to treat your sleep apnea, your doctor needs to determine which type you have. This is done using your symptoms, sleep history, and diagnostic testing done either at home or, more likely, at a sleep center. For milder cases, your doctor will probably recommend lifestyle changes like losing weight, quitting smoking, and controlling your allergies. If these don't work, or you have moderate to severe sleep apnea, there are several devices that can be used or procedures that can be done. You have probably seen TV advertisements for a device called a CPAP. This is a continuous positive airway pressure, or CPAP, device, which means a machine provides air that is pressurized to a number that is greater than the surrounding air, so your air passages will stay open. There are many different types with a large selection of masks, so if one doesn't fit comfortably, be sure to keep trying until you find one that does. There are different variations to how much pressure and when it is applied. Your doctor will help guide you to find the one that works best for you. Some people try using oral devices to keep their airway open. Usually they aren't as effective as CPAP and work best for mild cases only. Typically, you get these devices from your dentist and need to follow up frequently to make sure the device still fits properly in order to guarantee you're getting the maximum benefit. If these don't work or your sleep apnea is severe, your doctor may recommend surgery. There are several types like tissue removal, tissue shrinkage, jaw repositioning, implants, nerve stimulation, or creating a new air passage, a tracheostomy. Some of these procedures are still being explored as treatment options. Self-care and prevention of sleep apnea are basically the same. If you're overweight, the best thing you can do is lose weight and maintain a healthy one. If you're not overweight, it's still important to exercise for about 30 minutes most days of the week. Not smoking is essential because it significantly impacts your air passages. Don't sleep on your back because your tongue and soft palate are more likely to block your airway by resting on the back of your throat. Instead, sleep on your side or stomach. Avoid drinking alcohol or using medications that have sedative qualities like tranquilizers because they can relax the muscles in the back of your throat. This is especially important if you have any of the risk factors for sleep apnea. Sleep apnea is more than just snoring. It's something that needs to be addressed in order to prevent more serious medical complications. If you have any questions or concerns about sleep apnea, please speak with your doctor. If you would like more information, please visit the National Institute of Health's National Heart and Lung and Blood Institute's Sleep Apnea page. Thank you for spending some time with me today. If you found the material to be valuable and helpful, please tell your friends about us. We're on social media, so like and follow us there to stay up to date on our latest information. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter on our website. Stay healthy, and please join us next time on Your Health To Go. Now, time for the legal statement. Please keep in mind that the content we provide 
is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified competent health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Your Health To Go or seen on the Demystifying Your Health site. Demystifying Your Health does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, physicians, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned. Reliance on any information provided by Demystifying Your Health, its employees, others appearing at the invitation of Demystifying Your Health, or other visitors to the site is solely at your own risk. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately.